This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of I Know That Face, the only podcast which honours the often underappreciated by the masses work of character actors. I'm co-host Stephen Portio. Recently, the show released an episode focusing on the career of Richard Jenkins with a special guest and frequent Headstuff contributor Mark Conroy. Um, Mark was extremely knowledgeable about Richard Jenkins' career. He was a terrific guest, as always. And um, Andrew and I ended up talking for nearly an hour and a half with him, and the resulting episode we published was one of our longest. But for timing reasons, there was great material from our chat that we didn't release as part of the Main Feed app, and that included a section from Mark on Richard Jenkins' TV career, where he talked about Olive Kitteridge and Six Feet Under, both of which Andrew and I haven't seen. I want to, after hearing Mark discuss them. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, Mark was so great that we thought that we would share Mark's rundown of the two shows here to Heads Up Plus subscribers as a, a little treat. So, um, yeah, you can enjoy that now. And do you want to talk uh, about, just briefly, Olive Kitteridge and yeah, yeah. Um, the, well, I was going to say The West Wing. No, um, Six Feet Under. <laughs> yeah, Other prestige I, I, I will kind of, uh, I, will tr- I'll, I will do, I'll truncate these to myself because they have similar kind of themes. So his, 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 I say his big TV work, the two most, the things that I'd say the, big, the two big TV shows he was in. I say, I would say for a lot of people in, in the US, although he was around for a while in, in a lot of, um, and especially the Farley Brothers, I'd say that's the thing he was mm-hmm. most known for. I'd say Six Feet Under is the show that made him most aware to most Americans because suddenly he was in the living rooms. It follows the, the Fisher family, which is it's set in a funeral home in California, and uh, he plays Nate Fisher Sr., the, the Fisher patriarch, I suppose. And in, in the opening episode, it's not spoilers, but he dies straight off the bat. He, he's in a car crash. Every episode of Six Feet Under opens with a death, and it's it kind of it's the inciting incident for his son to come back and live with the family and take over the role as kind of that he, he he's left void. And... and Nate Fisher Jr.'s character is deathly, death, is so deathly afraid of death, and Mr. Jenkins' character was kind of so he was obviously a, a, a not a mortician. Uh, well, I don't know what the, the technical term is for people who embalm, but uh, um, he um, maybe he's a mortician. Undertaker, mortician. Yeah. So he was someone who who always was very accepting of death, and he was someone who was who was always looking straight in the eyes, and he had no problem. He seemed to have no problem with death, which is something the rest of the family clearly don't. Well, his son does, played by uh, David, played Michael, Michael C. Hall. He's a he's his gay son, but like. Uh, he he lives a void not just in terms of like for the family but also kind of a, a suddenly suddenly death feels very much real this family has lived a death for their whole life suddenly it's a real death that affects them and that that kind of permeates throughout the show and so he's he's, he's only properly in the first episode as himself which sounds strange because he, he shows up again throughout either you could argue as an apparition but or as like an imagined version f- for the family so yeah. like usually it's Nate his son is always who's deathly who's so afraid of death and he, he appears a few times in his life to kind of chastate him off mostly and he, and he has so much different versions of himself to play because he's always playing imagined the for the different children they're always imagined versions of himself and he, and he he's kind of there to I guess sir, he, he he is yeah it's a, it's a very versatile performance because it's so it's different every time and he, he it's probably that's the showed most made him available to people aware of people in their living rooms um, and Olive Kittredge uh is he, he won an Emmy for it, Best Actor. Um, it, it, it's based on the Pulitzer Prize winning, I think it's a Pulitzer Prize winning play, uh, novel by Elizabeth Strout. Um, uh, adapted kind of uh, was something that Frances McDormand loved the, the novel and she decided to make it into a, she tried to make it into a HBO miniseries. She helped produce it. And it follows a misanthropic 
um, middle-aged woman um, in... Frances McDormand played in yeah. the soundtrack. Oh, like, wow, she's just like it. me, for real. Yeah, yeah, can you believe it? And uh, she, she's just misanthropic school teacher, and it's kind of a story about a very irritable, uh, not likable at all, uh, middle-aged woman, and Richard Jenkins plays her surprisingly very decent and very well-mannered and meaning husband, uh, and he works in the, the local pharmacy. Um, and again, this show is kind of... There, there isn't really much plot to speak of. It's just, it follows all of throughout, I would say, 20 years of her life um, from when her son is young to 20s. And I think the first episode is the strongest for in terms of Richard Jenkins' input because like he, the first thing I meet him, he, he's working at the pharmacist and there is a, a woman who's like depressed and she's trying to kind of get a, a, a um, she's trying to get a double up on her dose for her antidepressants and he's very, very caring and passionate and tries to like deal with it secretly and, and, and uh, in a way that like won't hurt or spare her the way that will spare her feelings um, and of course you know that the first episode there's a uh, it's uh, mainly his stuff is the first episode but uh, in that first episode uh, Zoe Kazan plays this assistant who starts working at the pharmacy and there isn't like a, an actual affair but it's one of those situations where like for Frances McDormand's for Olive Kitchens it's almost she'd almost prefer to have a physical affair because like what Zoe Kazan represents is like life and bubbly and kind of simple-minded optimism which is something that Frances McDormand's character Olive is just like the antithesis of that and like it's their interplay and I, I think it's for me it's it's Richard Jenkins' best performance I think because he he's, he's asked of so much there's so much asked of him it's he has to go from I mean he has to go from this sweet-natured like 40-year-old man to like an invalid he has a stroke in this as well and he's and he he plays that fantastically he's like he's he's just stuck in like an old folks home and he he's he's basically not there so to speak or really he doesn't seem to be there so to speak and it's it, yeah and, and uh, i think it's it's just it, it's hard to show to, to talk about the show because the the, the plot is really a, sh- a show about life happening to people mm-hmm. and like this the bond between Olive and Henry is, is really the life force of the show and it's it's a very trickly honest, very honest representation of, of late middle age marriage and all that goes with it of, of truly knowing somebody. And they're two people who truly, truly know each other and who are deeply in love with each other, but also hate each other for their differences and for their different outlooks and stuff. And and even though Richard Jenkins is a more decent person outwardly, he has his flaws. He's obviously he he doesn't have an affair with Zoe Kazan's character, but he kind of babies her. He infantilizes her because he he wants someone like that in his life because Olive is just so cold. Even though Olive is has a decency that isn't. I think there are people we know who are very prickly, but like they they have a decency we, we all wouldn't know about because it's unlike Richard Jenkins' character whose decency is very very upfront and clear to everyone. But there are people who like Oliver, their decency is is more. They keep them themselves, and we never know about it. And I think that's what the show is kind of about. It's about two people who are seemingly opposite, and two polar opposite people who seem to love each other and hate each other in equal measure. <laughs> yeah. And and he's incredible. I, 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 he he deserve he's the best performance in it. Even though I think Francis is fantastic, I would say if you if you took one thing from this show and one one thing from this podcast, I would say. I would watch that performance before sure. the rest. Well, that's, I think I believe it's streaming on Sky. Um, now TV. On yeah, now TV, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm definitely going to check it out. I haven't seen it. So. Well, if, I, if, uh, if so anything so you went to TV showed up beside me, I'd be like, shit, maybe. Yeah. Brady, but then I'd be like, wait, your grandfather was a traitor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't, that's what, every time I see her, that's all I can think about. Yeah, Brady exactly, Corbet yeah. is also in it as her fiancé earlier on. Um, doesn't have a great... Uh, 
uh, ending to his arc in that show, but uh, but he's great in it too. I, uh, I mean, and he made Vox Lux. So. He makes Vox Lux. And that's cool. And Childhood of a Leader, yeah, which is a great okay. film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.